0: Amen. What's well, great to be in the house of the Lord with you all this evening. Psalm 45, verse 1 in the Passion Translation reads My heart is on fire, boiling over with passion. The New King James Version My heart is overflowing with a good theme. The message reads My heart bursts. It's banks. Passion, that which we are passionate for, the things we are passionate about, that which is our passion. Passion consumes. Passion not only consumes, passion controls. Passion fuels us, and passion moves us. I want to ask tonight, what is it we are passionate about? What is it we are passionate for? We could ask, who is it we are passionate about? Who is it we are passionate for? What passion, what desire, what hunger, what craving, what appetite is stirring and has been stirred within us? What passion is overflowing? Boiling over, bursting the banks. I love how that text reads, the Passion Translation, my heart is on fire, boiling over with passion. Point number one tonight, Stir it up. We know that the Lord comes to stir it up as we call on Him and as we welcome Him. As we cry out for a roaring passion to rise within us, the Lord is so faithful. Job 33 verse 4 reads, It is the Spirit of God that made me, which has stirred me up, and the breath of the Almighty that gives me life, which inspires me. We are thankful tonight that when we call on the Lord, He's so faithful to come. To stir up that passion once again in our hearts. But it doesn't all rest on the Lord. We, too, have a responsibility to stir it up. Jude 20 reads, But you, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith. Make progress. Rise like an edifice higher and higher. Is that the condition of your walk with the Lord tonight? The condition of your life? 2 Timothy 1 verse 6, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So the Lord comes to stir it up inside of us, but we have a serious responsibility to stir it up, don't we? That's what the Word tells us. And we also stir each other up. 2 Peter 1 verse 13 in the voice, As long as I draw breath, I know it is right for me to keep on stirring you up with these reminders. We need to be stirred up by brothers and sisters, fellow saints, fellow believers. Who is it that is stirring us up? Are we allowing the enemy or the world to stir up rogue passions Inside of us. And can I ask tonight, what is it we are stirring up inside? Proverbs 4, verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. The Living Bible, above all else, guard your affections for they influence everything else in your life. Our affections, our affections, our passions, oh, that they would be ever stirred up for the Lord and ever stirred up passion for God, that that passion would influence everything else in our lives. Number two tonight, let it overflow stir it up the Lord stirs it up we stir others up we get stirred up and we have to let it overflow we have to take the cap off take the lid off have you ever taken a can and shook it and immediately opened it you want to know the truth tonight that is God's desire for us that's his desire not just overflowing, but gushing. John 7, verses 37 to 38. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. The message reads, Jesus took his stand and he cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Rivers of living water will brim and spill out of the depths of anyone who believes in me this way, just as scripture says. Our lives were meant to overflow. Our lives were meant to burst, to overflow. Our hearts, the passion inside of us, was meant to boil over. It would burst the banks. Our lives are meant to overflow with praise, to overflow with joy, to overflow with goodness and kindness and meekness, to overflow with the fruit of the Spirit, to overflow with the power and unction and utterance of the Spirit, to overflow with holiness. Our lives are meant to overflow with fervor and zeal and devotion, to overflow with With desperate love for Jesus. Boiling over. No cap on it. God wants to take the stagnant and deliver to them a holy disruption. That's his heart. He wants to take the stagnant person and deliver to them a holy disruption. The believer who maybe has lost it, lost the fire, lost the passion. He wants to come and visit them with a holy disruption. That the passion would burn once again—a pers- a passion that, well, cannot be taken and cannot be broken. What does the cap represent or who does the cap represent is there anything tonight preventing overflow in your life in my life in our lives anything holding it back are we giving generously to the lord As we give generously to the Lord, overflow results. Luke 6, verse 38, give generously and generous gifts will be given back to you. Shaken down to make room for more. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you in such an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. Your measurement of generosity becomes the measurement of your return. I feel tonight just to say that maybe that's it. That we need to become more generous with the Lord. More generous with Jesus. More generous with his house. More generous in his presence. Give generously and we receive generously. So abundant this overflowing measure runs over the top, the scripture says. And we know that this not only affects our lives, but it affects those we love, those we know, and those we come in contact with. It's so refreshing when you run into a believer whose heart is boiling over with passion for Jesus. Bursting when there's no cap, there's no lid. A believer who is overflowing with joy, overflowing with praise, overflowing with the fruit of the Spirit, overflowing with faithfulness, overflowing with desperate love for Jesus, overflowing with the love for his house, for his presence, for his people. Number three tonight. Make him the passion of all passions. The greatest of our passions, the desire of all our passions, and the desire in all our passions. There is no greater life. This is what proper living looked like for the believer. When we make the Lord our passion, when he is our first love, and we remember tonight what it says in the book of Revelation, Revelation 2, verses 1 to 7? Write the following to the messenger of the congregation in Ephesus. For these are the words of the one who holds the seven stars firmly in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know all that you have done for me. You have worked hard and persevered. I know that you don't tolerate evil. You have tested those who claim to be apostles and proved that they are not, for they were imposters. I also know how you have bravely endured trials and persecutions because of my name, yet you have not become discouraged. But I have this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. Think about how far you have fallen. Repent and do the works of love you did at first. I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place of influence if you do not repent. Although to your credit, you despise the practices, the Nicolaitans, which I also despise. The one whose heart is open, let him carefully listen to what the Spirit is saying now to all the churches. To the one who overcomes... I will give access to feast on the fruit of the tree of life that is found in the paradise of God. You know that we can do what's right and what's Christian, and yet we lack passionate love for God. We can just go through the motions and act the part and have no passion, and he sees the heart. Verse 4, but I have this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. The J.B. Phillips New Testament, I know what you have done. I know how hard you have worked and what you have endured. I know that you will not tolerate wicked men, that you have put to the test self styled apostles who are nothing of the sort and have found them to be liars. I know your powers of endurance. These are incredible words how you've suffered for the sake of my name and have not grown weary. But I hold this against you, that you do not love as you did at first. We are responsible to keep the love, to keep the passion burning. God helps us as we call on him, but we have a responsibility to keep the fire burning. To not run to rogue passions or turn our eyes to things that are not. That are not of the Lord and are not the Lord. We do have a responsibility to stir each other up. To build each other up in the most holy faith. Perhaps to question some passions once in a while. To try and help pull us back. Or rein us in. Is that your cry, be my passion, Lord, the desire of all my passions, and the desire in all my passions? Number four, passion is contagious. Passion is contagious. I share these words with you. The time of ignoring and turning our back on our responsibility and supreme biblical calling to communicate faith, love, forgiveness, purity, generosity, and a passionate heart for God and his house to our children and loved ones must come to an end without arrogance or pretension, but rather by possessing an inner and acute spiritual sense of dependence on God. The Apostle Paul passionately invited young believers who surrounded him, be imitators of me as I am of Christ, 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Paul later said to Timothy, what you have heard from me entrust to faithful men who are able to teach others also, 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. When we realize and come to grips with the significance of our lives, the immeasurable possibility of influence that we all carry in us. A cry rises from the depth of our souls toward our God. Oh Lord, increase our faith. Dear reader, let me say it to you this way. Every one of us is to be contagious. Let me ask you this question. What do your values, passions, and priorities communicate to those who are watching you walk and talk in your everyday life? Let me ask you straight up, if I hang around with you, learn from you, and imitate you, what will I catch? You know as well as I do that some men's and women's faith, love, joy, and passion is communicative. To be near them does us good. It inspires us, it heals us, and reconciles us with the human race. We love being around them and thank God for their faith that produces hope and propels us toward new heights and desires, commitments, and possibilities in God. Listen, it's so true that your passion is contagious. Your passion can stir up the passion of God in others. Your worship can stir up the passion of God in others. Your prayer your church attendance, your zeal for the house of God. It's a beautiful thing to see a person that is passionate. It's a beautiful thing to experience the overflow, to witness the overflow, a person that is ardent and zealous and enthusiastic. How could you not be zealous and ardent and enthusiastic when it comes to the Lord and when it comes to his kingdom and when it comes to his house And when it comes to his presence, if you are not passionate about these things, perhaps you have fallen. Perhaps you need to repent and do the first works of love. Psalm 45, 1, we began with it. My heart is on fire boiling over with passion. Bubbling up within me are these beautiful lyrics as a lovely poem to be sung for a king, the king. Like a river bursting its banks, I'm overflowing with words spilling out into this sacred story. Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 24 Verse 32 in the New King James Version, And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? This is speaking of Jesus. As they walked on the road, passion is contagious. The way he communicated the word, the way he communicated his heart and poured out the passion that was inside of him, Jesus had no cap on his passion. He had no lid on his passion. It didn't matter the environment it didn't matter the circumstance it didn't matter if it was raining outside or if it was sunny outside If it was warm outside or was cold outside the message back and forth they talked didn't we feel on fire as he conversed with us on the road and as he opened up the scriptures for us the amplified were not our hearts greatly moved and burning The NCV, it felt like a fire burning in us. The Passion Translation, didn't our hearts burn with the flames of holy passion? While we walked beside him, he unveiled for us such profound revelation. Passion is contagious. Every one of us is to be contagious. I'd like to say this tonight, passion can be contagious in a negative way also. There are some that are following you and looking to you. Looking to us as individuals. They're watching our life. They're hanging out with us. They're having conversations with us. They're doing life with us. They're coming to us with questions. They're looking to us for answers. They're watching how we're walking in this life. They're watching what we're putting our hand to. The steps we're taking. The things we're giving ourselves to, the things we're filling our schedules with, they're watching us. Passion is contagious. So let me ask this question. What do your values, passions, and priorities communicate to those who are watching you walk and talk in your everyday life? Whether you like it or not, you're being watched. Every single one of us. What are we communicating? You know that you can say one thing, but it doesn't mean that's the reality of your walk. You can tell people the right thing, but they can see right through it how you walk, how you live. Have you ever met a Christian that says church attendance is important but doesn't attend church? I have. You ever met a Christian that says corporate worship is important, but in corporate worship, they don't worship? They say prayer is important, but they don't pray? They say holiness is important, and yet they dabble in things they shouldn't. They say we have to be careful what goes in the eye gate, but yet they set things in front of their eyes that they shouldn't. They say it's important what they let in their ears, and yet they listen to whatever they want to listen to. You ever met people like that? Hold yourself above reproach. Let me ask you straight up. If I hang around with you and learn from you and imitate you, what will I catch? If others hung around you and imitated you and followed you, what would they catch? If they followed you around in the prayer room, what would they catch? If they imitated you in worship, what would they catch? If they followed you to church, would they end up in church? Some have fallen. I know those that have let some things slide in their life, made excuses for it, deemed it unimportant. Does it really matter? It matters more than you think. Ask yourself that question, I ask myself that question, if people hang around with me, imitate me and follow me, what will they catch? That's a good question to ask ourselves, isn't it? Take stock of your life right now. If people came and watched the shows I watch when I turn on the TV, would that be appropriate? people listen to the music I listen to, would it be alright? If people read the things I read, would that be okay? If people entertained the conversations I entertain, would that be holy? If they followed my pattern, already said it, church attendance, would it be healthy? These are good questions to ask ourselves. Because the Lord is endeavoring to use us to reach others. We can have the worship team return tonight. Let it be said of us, as was read in the quote, to be near them does us good, inspires us, heals us, and reconciles us with the human race. We love being around them and thank God for their faith that produces hope and propels us toward new heights of desires, commitments, and possibilities in God. We may be here tonight and we may need to put off some unholy passions. We need to set them aside. We may need to come back to our first love. Perhaps for us it's time to stop ignoring and turning our back on our responsibility and supreme biblical calling to communicate faith, love, forgiveness, purity, generosity, and a passionate heart for God in His house. That's our call. That's the call to every person. It's time to stir up a passion for God I would encourage us all here tonight to stir up the passion within us. We have a responsibility. And to begin like never before, to cry out that the Lord would come and stir a passion inside of us. A fire inside of us, a burning inside of us, a rushing inside of us that cannot be stopped. If we have a cap on it tonight, let's take off the cap, whatever it represents or perhaps whomever it represents, we know how even relationships can hinder passion for God. It's true. Not only relationships, dating relationships, friend relationships can hinder passion for God. The pressure we feel, and so we let go. We we'll put the cap on. Let's be like Jesus, no matter the environment, no matter the season. Let's be boiling over with a passion for God. That those that walk with us and hang out with us and imitate us, that their hearts would burn that they'd catch what we, what we have and their lives would be changed forever and that they too would rise with a holy burning passion that cannot be stopped, amen. Let's stand tonight and sing out this chorus. Just take a few moments in his presence as we close. If the Holy Spirit has been working on your heart knocking on your heart tonight. Don't hold yourself back. Give yourself wholly to him right now. Open up your life and invite the Lord. Just say, Jesus, come and show me. Spirit, come and show me. Come and show me if things aren't as they should be. Come set them right, Lord. Help me to set them right, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.